Welcome to a new series from Turf Business TV, Talking Turf. Uh, our initial programme here today, I'm joined by four real heavyweights from the industry. Jason Booth from the IOG, Darren Baldwin from Tottenham Hotspur, Stuart Kerrison from Essex County Cricket Club, and Lee Strutt from Royal Automobile Club. Um, very kindly, Tottenham Hotspur and Darren have organised for us to have the studio here at uh, White Hart Lane. Thanks for that, Darren. That's the first thing we need to say. Our first subject um, is something Stuart put up, and that's where's the next generation of groundsmen coming from? So do you want to give us an opening on that, and then we'll, we'll have a chat about it? Yeah, sure. Um, something that we've been concerned about, certainly in the cricket industry, is where the next generation of groundsmen will come from. Um, it's quite a few of us have been in the trade for a number of years. Um, Ten years down the line, Where's the next generation of head groundsmen going to be coming from? Um, and I think that's not even just at the Premier, you know, the top flight county cricket, test cricket. Volunteers for village cricket, club cricket, they're disappearing. Right. People don't see it as something that they'd like to get involved with, uh, a hobby even at that level, at voluntary level. Um, you know, and we, we do find that people see it as, oh, I can't think of anything else to do, I'll give that a go. Right. They don't okay. see it as a career as such. Yeah, so they're not looking to get into it at a low spot like you know, Stars and Apprentice do their college stuff um, and then work through the ranks. Everyone wants to be a head groundsman as soon as they start now sure. and, and earning the big bucks. <laughs> um, money's obviously an issue because uh, when you start as an apprentice, it's usually not the best pay. And I think the hours, you know, we've, you know, we're at a ground like this where after a midweek match, down will be out till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. So have you got any thoughts on how that can be addressed before we kind of open it up to the panel? Uh, I'd like to better pay for the lads. You need enough staff that you can have time off. Because okay. um, people just won't accept working the hours that we work sometimes now. And also, you know, in, you know if you have a half, they won't accept the hours you work as well now. Yeah. You know, it's different for us as we've been in the trade for a long time and that's just how it was. But people come into it now. You know, the other half wants to go shopping on a Saturday afternoon or wants to do other stuff. You know, they want to see friends, you know, whereas in the past they'd just do it themselves and the groundsman would get on and do his 12, 13, 14, 15 hours a day uh, and then come home, the kids are in bed already. You know, there's a lot of outside pressures. You know, we're seeing it in actual sports participation as well. Sure. You know, um, people have got other interests in that. Is it something you're finding as well, Lee, that it's difficult? Because greenkeeping is a bit different to greenkeeping. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think in general, I think the good guys that we have in the industry are fallen into the industry by accident. It's certainly not driven as uh, like a career advisor. And it's one of these, um, our industries is just so specialised that people don't actually recognise it. Um, I think there are great opportunities, and now that sport is so publicised so well, worldwide you know it's finding that right mechanism where people will just go actually well I'll consider that and it's it's interesting where you have um, people later on in their careers that maybe they've worked in the office they've been a bank manager or whatever else and they they want to change in their career they're, they're financially secure they come into our industry and they go wow I love this I just wish I'd done this from school so I think that we are missing something there's something that when we sell working in the turf industry that's not appealing and I think that we're possibly not we're miscommunicating and I don't think it's us it's like education bodies and actually driving that this is actually a good profession to get into. Aaron you probably have it slightly different we've got a high profile club here um, I guess attracting people initially is possibly not a problem. No I think we're probably quite fortunate where we are um, 
and we've seen the new training centre and the amount of staff that we have, also how we manage our staff now. As Stu says, um, the hours and the, the time that guys do, um, we've just had to implement a five over seven working week so that um, guys get at least one day per week. I think you've done something similar. Yeah, we changed our work pattern because we kind of look at golf as a seven day uh, a week operation. But guys getting burnt out. So we've changed our work setup where the guys will work six days on and then have two days off. But we have quite a large team, so it's nice to have a rolling pattern so that we know that we've always got so many people each day. And I think that part of this industry has to adapt to the, the modern day and I think like you're saying Stuart is new people come in the industry saying I'm not doing those hours I'm going to do my 40 hours or 50 hours max and, and no more and I think they're going to be quite adamant about it and I think, I think sport's going to suffer a bit. So Darren, sorry just finish off with yeah. Darren, you introduced that, do you think that makes it more attractive that new working style? I think so, it's a learning curve for the guys, obviously some were straight up for it and some weren't and we're still very much in their infancy with it. Um, but it gives them, for us there was there were several key factors. One was giving them some quality time off. Yeah. Um, one was looking after their welfare, because yeah. the amount of hours they were doing was another one. Um, and ultimately, we've evolved so quickly that we have to cover the business seven days a week, three, six, five days a year. We train Christmas Day, we play yeah. boxing. Um, there isn't a day off at the training centre. Um, it's very much, um, constant there. This is peaks and troughs at the stadium because you are in and around fixtures. So the guys in the European week can do 70 hours quite comfortably. Um, that's the way it is. Um, but to go back to the point of yeah. where's the next generation come from, I mean, that's getting them in once you've got them in. Um, my daughter this week, she's 12, she's about to take options and she's been to the University of Chelmsford. Um, where she was asked the question of what might you want to do? I think that's very difficult at 12. Yeah. What you might want to do. It's difficult you start, when you're 40. Yeah. <laughs> and then you start looking at what, what, what options you need to take. Um, and so she's looking to be a graphic designer and stuff like that, and then what, what she needs to do with that. Um, I always believe that uh, for us, we need to promote this into schools. Um, and how we do that. You know, you may need some help from the professional bodies. Okay. Um, sport has never been on TV as much as it is nowadays. With BT Sport, with Sky Sports, with all the different channels, I think there's options that we can help promote um, the grounds, grounds industry on and across those channels. A little bit, how do we do that? Do we need the, you know, some help from the FA, um, the RFU, the ECB? Yeah. You know, how do we get that time? You know, for example, cricket, the test matches on, you've got all the lunch breaks to fill. Can there be an interview with a groundsman on a particular day? Um, so raising the profile to make it have a bit more kudos so people see this as a, a try. I think also what we're talking about doing is just becoming more professional mm -hmm. as yeah. an industry. You know, donkey's years, it was, it's, we've been doing it quite amateurish really. You look at the advances in football now with, with grow lights, you know, with the Deso pictures, all that sort of stuff. I know we're at the top flight, yeah. but a lot of that sort of stuff is starting to feed down. Yeah. Now, and they need to say, right, we're in the 21st century, we're not working Victorian hours, you know, which some people do in, in all sports at the top level still. I know some of the cricket boys are putting ridiculous hours in, you know, ridiculous. And that needs to be recognised also 
by the club or whoever you're working for. And they'd say, right, well actually, you shouldn't be working 70 hours a, a week down, you, need, you should be doing 40 hours a week. You, know, you should have a really good head bloke behind you, head brands will be underneath you, who can take some of the slack off you, I and mean, you're lucky you've got good blokes in here, you know, we've got good blokes at our place, but not everywhere is fortunate like that. You need to be able to take some of the stress off the people at the top, and make it more enjoyable for them, and the people progressing through the ranks can see, oh yeah, I wouldn't mind being head groundsman. Okay. I've got people saying, well, I wouldn't mind being head groundsman, it stresses you under. Press, we've got Sky Sports here. No, but that should be something that people are aiming for, not something they want to avoid. Interesting listening. Uh, but if you if you work in sport in this day and age, you've got to expect antisocial hours and uh, weekends. Okay. Uh, so that's number one. I don't care what department you're in. You yeah, expect that, right? Young people will accept it if they're playing. Very much had uh, had a sell if they're going to be a, a groundsman. So we've got to try and create a career path. We talk about trying to get it into schools, and, and, and that's a big initiative that we're trying to do, trying to get it into schools and get 14-year-olds. And we have to use the big, uh, high-profile people, stadiums, to actually uh, introduce that. So we're going to need help from, the, from those because that's the big attraction. Down Baldwin is a big attraction. Tottenham Hotspur is a big attraction for young people coming into our industry. So I think that uh, needs to be a big drive. When people at the top level of all sports are actually uh, groundsmen, grounds managers, have got to uh, encourage and be involved in part of that as well, driving it forward. Agree that the governing bodies have to be as well as, but I think we, we can play a part as well. With people I was just going to say, you're working with them already on other initiatives. Yeah. You've got an open channel there, I presume. There's, there are people there that you could talk to and perhaps you know make that an agenda item for them. Yeah, we've we've just uh, well, we're working with governing bodies, and we've just done the first one at Arsenal. Uh, yeah. Probably not an adequate place to uh, mention them, but never mind. <laughs> so we've just done the first one at Arsenal. Uh, we've got another one coming up at Everton, and we teach 14-year-olds from the local schools going into the stadium and just experiencing the science behind what groundsmanship is. You look at the amount of subjects that our job actually covers science, maths, English they're all there but it's not, they're not exposed to it at the age that gets them interested early enough Sorry, do you, think, do you think maybe the way the technology is going and how however things got to be polished and sold really well mm -hmm. you know, do you think there's an avenue where between all the sports turf bodies where we turn and say well actually let's do a, pre, a, um, a promotion video where we're actually showing all the sports and actually showing elements mm -hmm. that can be taken to schools and colleges and actually saying you're not just cutting grass there's actually a lot of skills and if you're very keen on management there's a lot there's a whole load of management skills when you look at other business sectors they're getting heavy sponsorship by the leading banks and that to get the very best people i guess this is where we're selling ourselves short we're actually not trying to get that slice of the cake. We're just accepting the crumbs that come off the yeah. table. And I think maybe the sports industries, actually, we've got to go out and get them and entice them to come in and actually show, actually, the benefits of the different sports sectors. I agree. I totally agree. And I think there's other areas that we can actually all get together and expand on and, and put the word out there as well. Is that something that the association should do? And I'm not just putting this at IOG. Should it be something that bigger and IOG should perhaps yeah, work together we, on? Yeah, we've got open communication with bigger anyway. Yeah. And we have a very good relationship with bigger and, and Jim and Jeff uh, have a great relationship. And long may that continue. 
and they're forever talking about initiatives that they can actually join up together. Don't forget, it was only two years ago that Big Red there won some awards at the IOG Awards. Yeah. And I think that relationship will just grow and grow. And where, we'll cross, where we can cross over, we'll definitely look at crossing mm -hmm. over. So, if we want to sum up on that one then, we need to change the perception a little bit in terms of what the... I think it's... You've got another point to make Yeah, I think it's worth it. You're getting it recognised as a trade. You've got carpenters, you've got electricians. Groundsmanship still falls okay. as a, um, a third party to that. How do we do that? Well, overseas, is, overseas, when you come back from the States and that, how recognised are people overseas? Yeah. And they're yeah. as... Gods, but mm. they're thought of as professionals. professionals, professionals yeah. Yeah. It's a career. You know, mm. you go to Australia and New Zealand, and they're well respected. Those groundsmen are or curators, and they're probably. Mm. You know, and that's where we want to be heading towards. But I think the first step is to create that clear career path. There isn't one at the minute. Get an apprentice in. He might go on to level three. He might stop there. Is there? Is there really a clear career path? I think that's what we are trying to do. We're trying to develop. I think so. You can. See if is that through yeah. further qualifications? It, yeah, further qualifications and being able to move up that ladder. I mean, create a ladder for one. Okay. Loads of other industries that have that career path. Why not? Uh, I you think know, the thing is, is that, golf, it? yeah, well, it, it, it does. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if I turned around and said, when I started this industry, this was going to be my career path, it wasn't. It's luck and judgment and mm -hmm. persevering where I want to be. So I think you people coming into the industry, they want to see that ladder, yeah. But we were we never grew up with that ladder. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, was our yeah. perseverance. Yeah. Different expectations these days. So I think yeah. you know we've you know I think we've got to go back and say this is where this ladder yeah. is, and actually show them yes. what elements of the ladder they want. And you know I quite often I'll say to the guys, it's like going up the tree. If you want to say uh, you want to be at St Andrews and you want to open links, you've got to follow a certain career path. If you want to be in a Premiership yeah. doing football. You've got to follow a certain path. If you turn around and say, I don't want to move or I don't want to do the study in, then that caps your career. But they need that structure. There's the ladder. And I think as leading people within the industry, you need to show you can get there. We can give you the advice. These are the actually key steps you need to do. Some of it's luck, but these key steps, if you don't have your education, you're not going to support yourself. If you don't Mix with management and talk common language. You're not going to. You're not going to make it. So it's getting them to understand. I can speak from personal experience here because I got two guys at 16, 17 year old. Within 10 years, they both converted and went up that ladder to be a groundsman. One's at Leeds United and one took over from me at Leeds Rhinos. So each right from day one, I showed them that path and that ladder. They saw that that's the opportunity and how hard they worked. If they had a bad year and at 18, 19, you can't have a bad year. They just stopped on that run. They didn't move up to the next one. But then within 10 years, I became a groundsman. And I think it's a great achievement because I could see the path from day one. Well, that was down to the circumstances they were in. They were working with somebody who, you know, you're recognised for your passion in the industry mm. and you're helping develop people. Yeah. Um, that doesn't exist everywhere. So, no, it doesn't. And when we talk about, you know, the game has changed in terms of um, the whole world of education and training, I think there's far more expectations in pretty much every job role to have a, a career path, there's apprenticeships and further qualifications in most areas. Mm -hmm. What do we do to change that in, in this area? There is a kind of a structure where you can get to be master greenkeeper yeah. in golf. Mm -hmm. What do we do to get something of that kind of recognition in groundsmanship? Is, is that something that should be there? Would that make it more attractive? That's, yeah, it's a tough one. I think um, there's two different things here. There's how do we get them out of schools yeah. and get them into a career? Uh, and then when you've got them, how do you show them 
nurture them, isn't it? The line through, and where can they get? Um, not everyone that comes into an organisation um, can go on and make it as head ground. Um, but you, you will work, you, you need some people that are going to do your 40 hours, sit on a mower, yeah. and are happy to do that yeah. for 15 years. Um, and then you need the people that are going to be the next head groundsman, deputy head groundsman, and then move, and move on. I mean, we become a stepping stone for, for staff. Um, in the last year, I've had two guys that have left. One's gone to Northampton Rugby Club as head groundsman, and one's gone to Huntington Racecourse as head groundsman. Um, so I've lost two very good staff, but ultimately, at some stage, they have to go and do it for themselves. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we've done. But that's the second. That's the second phase. Phase one is how do we get these guys okay. from school saying, actually, instead of being an electrician or a carpenter, I want to be a groundsman. And I think that's where we need some help, whether it's from the IOG, whether it's from Turf Business Magazine, whether it's from our governing bodies, to get into schools and say this is a real career. Whether it's promotional videos, whether it's the help from TV companies, yeah. you know, Sky Sports is on the news 24/7. Um, we do get some good coverage. Yes. Um, but I think there needs to be a way of getting careers. It's okay showing the groundsman. Dave from Carlisle was on after his trials and tribulations of recent times. Was was on Sky News. In fact, he was on the main news, BBC News, national news. Um, last week doing an interview, um, and that's great. But would people think, well, oh, yeah, that's all mind doing that job? It tends to be when there's a not problem. Necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily, <laughs> does. Yeah, but I think I think Stuart picked up on an interesting point that you know a lot of these sports channels now they're running 24 hours. They've got to fill it with something, you know. And it's like, well, if we've got something on a DVD, like say, here's some, here's like two minute footage. Here you are. We stand half a chance of them going. Well, actually, well, we'll use that, mm -hmm. and that's like, say, just a, a stimulation. And they, I think they call them micro blasts. <coughs> and they're just little snippets, yeah. um, and they all all of them. So the golf the other day from Tory Pines had a weather delay. There's the sort of thing there. Yeah. Like we've got to fill the time. Hmm? You know, in cricket, if there's a rain delay, you've got to fill the time. You can show so many. Oh, we've, we've had it in cricket. When at the start of each season, every county club has a has a press day, right? So they invite the press down. They've got all the players and do all their team photos. I'm probably the same in football. Near the start, sort of done the no. equivalent in golf, sort of side of it. But so, and what they do, Sky Sports come down, and they pretty much generally always come and have a chat with us yeah. about what we're expecting for the summer. They don't always use it, no. but you know, we, we had these marquees up for like the last four years, and that was something new, and they were quite in, interested in that. So they used that, and we had we had a couple of minutes. It's only a couple of minutes, which is no time at all, but. People see it and people think, oh, that's something interesting, that's something new. And then you get other people ring you up, or when you talk to people when you go to shows, or when you meet people, and they what about their marquees and all that sort of stuff? You know, it's, it's just generated that interest. And people with um, the internet now, there's no reason why if Darren does something new here, you know, or something new goes on in your course. You know, I, was, I was looking at saying on the internet the other day, that bunker, some bloke done a bunker, it looked like a black hole, it did. Mm. Huge, great thing, fantastic piece of workmanship. You know, and, and that's been brought to the, the wider audience with yeah. that. You know, I don't think we use social media enough. Yeah. You know, you're saying about doing videos. Yeah. There's no yeah. reason why we couldn't do individual yeah. ones on the IOG site, yeah. on Pitchcare, on, on, on yeah. your magazine, and anything like that. Use those facilities you know, to get to generate interest from kids. This is what kids want. Huh? Yes. Yeah. They don't want us, us old fogies, standing up <laughs> doing a talk for four hours you know, about different soil chemicals and stuff. Okay. It's, you know, they want... Quick stuff. So essentially, it's coming down to PR 
and then showing a career path mm. yeah. and rewards. A lot of ground covered there, a lot to talk about, and I think possibly we've got some discussions to, to have afterwards on that one. Maybe we can get our heads together and, and get some initiatives going, because I know you guys are guys that like to make things happen. So mm. thanks for that. Um, that's the first episode of Talking Turf. Uh, we'll be back very soon with another one.